now. Three, two, one, go! What's up, everybody? This is episode 120 of Cool Down Time. This is a weekly show where two longtime friends cool down and talk about video games. I'm your graphically impressive host of the show, Marco. Joining me is the technical mess of the show and the Pablo of the show. Uh, ironically, Pablo is here for that role. Hey. Uh, Pablo, are you ready to have a normal, regular-ass introduction uh, for this episode right now? Is that what you're ready to do? I mean, every episode, we've done 120 of these, and every single one of these intros have been absolutely normal. Oh, okay. Revisionist uh, history. That's how we're starting the show. Well, okay. You know, little, I got my brain issues. Little, I got I got things happening in my head that uh, I, something may be skewed a little bit. Maybe I, I see normalcy as, as, as something that is actually quite psychotic and unhinged, and maybe that's what's happening right now. I don't know. I can't tell. I think everyone just nodded and agreed with everything mm-hmm. you were just saying. Um, I personally think it's dementia, but that's okay. Um, well, Pablo, you're also you're also already drinking. That's concerning. Yep. Um, you, well, you, well, and, and not only are you drinking, you're drinking out of a glass that I'm pretty sure only 74 year old men drink. He's doing the slow turn his head to the side, tilt the glass up, pucker his lips out for zero reason. I'm just kind of painting the picture for since this is audio only. Uh, highly uncomfortable at this point in time. Well, I'm, I'm having, uh, thanks for asking. I'm having a chill tequila. Oh my um, God. Don't flip that on me. Uh, wow. I mean, I, I got to talk to my therapist now. <laughs> uh, no love at all. Just okay. judgment coming mm. from it's Friday and it's, and it's five I'm having the tequila and you're making me feel like it's Wednesday where I also have tequila. I see your point. Yeah. I see your point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. see, you got there. You, you, I was just waiting for you to get there. Um, yeah. That's growth. That's that's a, that's progress, as they say. Yep. In my um, pants. Okay. Yeah. Tequila makes me do crazy things. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe you were on tequila last night when you sent me that text about how they call you pee nasty because you 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 you've been known to to get the sheets dirty with with shit. Is what you said. I don't think it was verbatim, but I think I got pretty close there. I said it. I said I shit the bed, and I didn't mean that. Like I meant that literally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's up, baby girls? No, no, I don't think they're coming. I don't think they're coming. Uh, I well, think. I don't care if they come. <laughs> oh God! Let's get started with what is on the docket this week. Uh, God almighty, I don't know how to segue out of that, Pablo. So why don't you just talk? Tell us what we got in store this week. Uh, please read through this uh, properly. And uh, no more sexual innuendos. I just crossed my legs for no reason. Oh, that's great. Listen, uh, we got a fresh perspective today on the Expanse Telltale series, episode one. Marco finally got to play that, so he's going to give us a little bit of his thoughts on that. Uh, Venba is a game that came out, a a indie darling to hit Game Pass, and it got me all in my feels, and I will talk about how much I cried or didn't cry. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I also watched the Twisted Metal TV show, and is it good? 
It actually might be. We'll, we'll, I'll get into depth uh, once we get there. And are we finally going to get that Switch 2? According to VGC, they think that we're getting that sooner rather than later. Uh, and as Oblivion getting a remake, that's an odd one. We're, we're going to cover that for sure. And then we're going to round out the, the show today, our Checkpoint Chat. Chat, a checkpoint shot today. Yeah, we're back to I, I French. Went, went, we're back to went, French, ladies no, and gentlemen. No, I went a full Antonio Banderas here. Um, full puss in boots. But listen, All right. speaking about puss, uh, listen, no, but listen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know no, what to do with maybe censorship uh, at this point. That's a valid option. So let's put that on the table. Oh, my God. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later in terms of how my we're going to. forehead gonna, is sweating. Uh, okay, yeah. read this. No, but uh, we, got, we got checkpoint chat today. It's an interesting one. We're going to talk about upcoming games that completely went AWOL, and we're going to ask the question, are they dead or are they alive? Marco, back yeah. to you, friend. Okay, I'm dead inside. Uh, let's go ahead and start the show we're never with alive. the segment. Stop with the ad-libs while I'm talking, all right? Ladies and gentlemen, this is what he does to me every time. He thinks he's... I'm like uh, Migos. He th- I know, Migos he's, I was just going to say he thinks he's the one-man Migos right here. <laughs> I'm going to be reading through my stuff. Mama! There it is, Mama! <laughs> All right, all right, we got to get the show started, you motherfucker, all right? (laughs) We're going to do that by getting it together, number one, and we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing and maybe the shows we've been watching since our listeners last tolerated us. That is uh, Loadouts. Let's go. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, I am sweating on my chest and my back itches now. This is what Pablo's doing. Um, I'm going to talk first. Um, because I just think I think the listeners need a break from Pablo right now, so I'm going to go first. He's sipping another alcoholic beverage, guys. This is a total. <laughs> oh my god! It's a different drink too. It's not even he's he's, he's doubling up. I'm pretty sure he <laughs> he's got a line of cocaine next to him as well, or something. I don't know what's going oh, that'd on. That'd be great. It is. That'd a, be great. You know, it's a party. All right. Um. Listen, let's get focused here, uh, because I played a game that I've been dying to play. I was actually going to hold off on getting this game uh, until the full season was out, but I ain't got no spine. Uh, And that is uh, The Expanse, a Telltale series. Now, The Expanse, as we said last week, that is a game based off of a TV show on Amazon Prime, a very great sci-fi show um, that we both are fans of. And uh, the game, uh, based on some characters from that show, is out. And I decided to go ahead and take a stab at it, because why not? There's nothing else going on for a little while more. Uh, So I went ahead and picked it up, and I finished episode one in, I think, about maybe an hour, 40 minutes. I really took my time exploring a little bit. I know it's a short episode, but I kind of moseyed my way through it. Uh, And I love it. I think it started off really awesome. Much like Pablo said um, last week, it is very much a Telltale Games experience, uh, for better or for worse. Um, it is a little bit of the, I guess you can call it charming, the charming pop in and the, you know, the, <laughs> the, 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 the loading times are, they're, they're loading. Um, they're but you know, I think what really carries this game is the writing is the storytelling and the voice acting, which I found all three of those things to be exceptional. 
uh, so far. I, I, I loved the main character uh, from the TV show. She is just as good and just as interesting in this game, and her voice is just awesome. Um, so I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying all that. The tie-ins are really cool. The cameos from other characters that we uh, you know see in the TV series is awesome as well. And I really like the plot direction so far. Uh, really interesting, intriguing stuff going on. A little morbid, uh, but it's the, it's the interesting kind of morbid where it's, it's not being, you know, it's not trying to be a horror game per se, but it is definitely building up some interesting plot threads that I'm pretty excited about. And I'm speaking very vaguely here, just in case people are interested yeah, in yeah, playing yeah. it. But uh, I love the choices so far. Um, I didn't have the problem that I think a lot of people complained about saying that, oh, there's only like two choices, this way or that way, or this thing or that thing. Oh, it didn't... is that a thing people were talking about? Yeah, I think people were expecting like oh. a lot more branching paths, I guess. And I think, I think that's just people being impatient because Telltale games typically right. yeah they're, they're sometimes you choose between two different paths but normally that branches off into a sub thing and then there's two paths for that is the more you play the more things kind of open up in terms of options so I'm not worried about that so far um, it's like uh tell me you've never played a Telltale game yeah, telling me. like I, what, what are you talking about I think a lot That's of the... yeah it was weird I think a lot of people are just kind of basing stuff off of memory and I think if they went back recently like, to, to play some of the older games recently I think they'd realize oh this is kind of along the same lines so I have, have you, no have I have you played no complaints like, personally yeah have you played like the the early games the early Telltale games uh, a lot of the choices you make at the beginning don't really add up to anything. Right. They, they're just more or less like little uh, sides, and then it grows and it builds. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the whole fun of uh, of, of playing through them because you realize, man, the thing I did in episode one is now coming back around in episode four or five. So it's, yeah. you got to wait it out. You know, is all is all I'm saying. But uh, yeah, enjoying it so far. I don't want to I don't want to dwell on it too much because you covered a lot of ground on that game uh, last week. So I'm really excited for episode two, which should be dropping and I think uh, a week from when this goes it's up. So yeah, August August 10th. Yeah, so pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started. I, I got myself in this little Look like. There we go. Yeah, I know you were curious yeah. about this one, but. As a gamer, I think that everybody, or at least I think everybody, has that game that you drop off from because you think it's not for you, but you never stop thinking about it. Like, it always just kind of stays in your mind a little bit, like, man, maybe I should come back to that. Maybe I didn't give it a fair shake, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, Pentiment has been that game for me. I've perused Game Pass, tried a bunch of stuff, and every time I pass by Pentiment, I'm like, should I go back to it? And I, I never, I never did. But when I um, lately, with the string of story-driven games that I've been playing, going from Oxenfree Two to The Expanse, and you know, kind of getting in that rhythm narratively, I'm like, you know what? If there's ever going to be a time for me to be in the mood for this, it's going to be now because the rest of the year is going to get stacked, and I'm not going to be able to come back to this again. So I downloaded it and I started a whole new a whole new playthrough. Uh, not that I got super far the first time around, but I I wanted to kind of start fresh, remember who was who and what's what, and um, it, it is hitting different. Um, I think that I oh, my threshold for the uh, the way the game is is told is much better than it was the first time around because I think I kind of know what to expect now. I'm not taken aback by the fact that it's so you know, old fashioned and quiet and very much a, uh, you know, a, a, 
I don't know what you call it, but it's it's definitely a product of, of the era it's going for. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it, 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 for better or for worse, it can be very dry and slow at times, but that's just kind of the way the world was with the era that it's depicting. And I don't remember the exact era that it is, if I'm being honest, but it, you know, I think 1500s or something like that, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it's even earlier than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a very uh, weird uh, game, um, you know, just based on what it's where it when, when it takes place what it's about and just the way that the story moves as you go but um i've really gotten back into it again i think i've been in the mood to just kind of sit back read a good story and interact when there's time to interact and i don't really want to play anything super involving right now so it's kind of hitting a lot of different things for me at this point so i i, I, I hope that i hope that i'm going to stick with it and finish it but i kind of like it more now than i did when i when i first played it I just like the everything that it is. It's like a historical mystery, role playing murder kind of murder mystery yeah, kind of game, and it's right. like there's a lot of that. And, and I like the fact that a lot of the the things that make you who you are have to do with education and where you studied and the things that you studied. That's the RPG ness of it, and I, and, I, and I think that's super interesting because a lot of games like you know the, they'll do like the RPG element where it's like oh um, a warrior or you know yeah, those yeah, kinds yeah. of those those uh, allocations, but this is more like oh I studied French history and yeah. language and poem and in and you know poems and whatnot. So it's like it informs the game in a very different way. I think it's, it's very, very like, interesting. Yeah, 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 and very interesting. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I'm gonna keep chipping away at that. Um, but yeah, I think I'm really into it right now. So um, you know, this oh, is good. kind of the calm before the storm, before late August, early September, when Armored Core and Starfield and yeah, God man. Almighty, I mean, Baldur's. I mean, the list goes on and on. And so there's this is it's really now or never for me. So I'm gonna take advantage of it and hopefully. Uh, next episode, I will be able to say I rolled credits on it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but let me go ahead and kick it over to you because you're over here talking about you getting hit in the feels. I don't know if that's sexual yeah, or emotional, but I'm just gonna a little bit of both, but uh, not for this game. Okay, all right. <laughs> I know, spit all uh, over my microphone. You go ahead. <laughs> <sighs> Listen, uh, I, I first of all, I kind of want to apologize to our listeners. Uh, you know, me and Mark will get on here all the time and we start talking about our kids. And that's super interesting to us. And we could talk about our kids and, and family life for hours on in. But we understand that that could be a little bit kind of a drag for some of you. But I'm going to come at this from the POV of a parent because I had probably the most visceral emotional reaction I've had to a game in a while. And that's all because of the fact that I am a parent. And I'm talking about Venba. Uh, first and foremost, Venba is about an Indian family trying to provide a better life for their family in Canada and it has some cooking elements to it but it's like a it's a it's a point and click adventure for lack of a better term in terms of generalizing the genre um, it's, a, it's a story told through the eyes of Venba who is the, the 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 main character she's a mother and wife doing all she can to, to make this life a life worth living uh so basically the game opens up and i'll give you kind of a brief overview she opens up her and her husband find out that they're about to have a child and pretty much the game goes from there in terms of like the decisions that they make in terms of staying in canada going back to india but the game in terms of how it kind of plays out it plays out through food and basically venba is cooking very traditional indian foods and that's how she kind of stays connected back to to kind of uh her 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 culture um and and i and i and the thing is and the reason why i got so emotional is because this story is essentially about <clears throat> being a parent and your child growing up 
and not only growing up, but growing up to eventually in some way or another resent you for being you. And I know that because I resented my parents for so long for being the way that they are. And that's just kind of the natural progression of things. But when it happens to you or when you see the potential of it happening to you, my child only being a year and a half at this point, Marco, I know your daughter is about to turn what? Uh, Should be five as of this five, episode. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, we're, we're, we're in the period right now where our kids love us at the very, at the very least, it seems that way. And so when they get into those years where they get a little older, there's some really heartbreaking shit shit that i've i, I kind of amalgamate and I, and I said i'm coming this from the point of view as a parent but i'm also coming this from the point of view as a as a, as a son because there's things that i that that uh her child does to her that i've done to my parents where it's like man luckily my both parents are still here and uh, and i've been able to kind of accept them for who they are very religious people but at that point you know accept them for who they are as parents and they did the best they could uh but you know so from that coming at it as a parent uh um, it's it's about the journey your child takes and how they grow up and what they do, what you taught them, the things that they decide to keep, the things that they decide to, to kind of throw away. And it, a lot of it, and I want to kind of be vague because I think if you're a parent or, or even a child of, of parents who might have been different from other people that surrounded you, I think this is an experience that you should definitely have because... Man, it, it, I saw, I, I watched this game. I played this game through blurry eyes through most of it because. <laughs> well, that's, it, that's it, cataracts it really, right there. You need to get that checked out. <laughs> it, it really is just an emotional journey because I, for some people, it might not hit the same way. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a minority, but, you know, my parents, my dad doesn't speak a lot of English. So he went through a lot of shit, the same shit that the father in this game goes through. So I, I kind of, it, it, it all hit me in different ways. But ultimately, for me, I think that this game really does a great job about telling that story uh and then the, the whole cooking elements you know I, I think a lot of people like that and i've seen reviews really praise it i think it's fine the cooking stuff is fine i think what it represents is a little bit more effective than the actual uh playing of it like going through it i think it's a little bit more of like a puzzle where you can't read all the things that are in the ingredient book and so you have to kind of fend for yourself and figure it out that stuff is fine but it's the story of it all man vemba is just is a is a is a powerful story about being a parent being a child and the ultimate like where you end up you know mm -hmm. like when you accept who you are accept your your reality accept your background accept your culture and within uh, something that's different for me it's the united states for and, and venba's your canada it's similar so like it, 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 there's just so much going on emotionally and, and, and things that, that really kind of speak to me as who I am as a person that it really just got me like all the way. So uh, it's a game that I definitely recommend. It's a very short experience. I actually beat it in one sitting. Uh, for those of you who know me, you know, I, that's very rare mm -hmm. for me to do. Uh, and it was just an emotional kind of journey. And I loved it, man. It, it's, nice. it's one of my it, it's probably my favorite story of the year so far. Obviously, for so many reasons, mm -hmm. but uh, I loved it, man. It's great. It's on Game Pass. I think it's a game that should be experienced by by, by everybody who likes storytelling, uh, and 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 really those who have gone through certain similar things. And and I, honestly, I'll say it for parents, I, Marco. I know that you only play a little bit of it. I, I highly recommend it. I think you should at one time or another go back to it. I think you're really gonna. I think you'll enjoy this game for what it is. Uh, it's just it, it, it. You once you get past the cooking stuff. Uh, just look up a guide or something if you want to. I, I honestly think the, the story is worth experiencing, honestly. All right. Well, 
Uh, no. So uh, you, the only <laughs> other thing that you've been playing, no, no, all seriousness. Um, it's it's cool. It's a great story for you. Uh, I'm glad that it kind of hit the you know some some notes for you in terms of your personal experiences too. Um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily a game that stuck out for me, but I think a lot of people, I'm in the minority for sure. People are mostly aligned with you, uh, and that's totally okay. I'm, I'm, I will probably come back to it, but right now, Pentiment yeah. has got my attention. And I, like I said earlier, I want to strike while the iron's hot. So, yeah. um, but that is not all you've been up to, Pablo. You did get a chance to check out the TV adaptation of none other than Twisted Metal. Uh, which yeah. was an old school car combat game back in the PlayStation era, and it's been repurposed uh, for TV. And uh, I am very curious to hear your quick thoughts on what you think so far. Yeah, not a, this is one. This wasn't something I was expecting to, to to actually watch, but a lot of people were like, "Actually, this is pretty good," and people that I that I that I trust. And so I decided to check out uh, check the the first episode out. I actually ended up uh, watching. Um, like seven episodes so far. I'm still watching it. I I, I really enjoy it. How many seven? episodes or, is it? I think it's eight episodes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're almost at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. I um I think it's I think it works. Um I think a lot of the pre-release stuff. I think it doesn't show well. Of the stuff that you saw, the trailers and the whole Cisco shit with Sweet Tooth, Sweet Tooth. That shit sucks. <laughs> that shit sucks. It's it's that that it's as corny as you think it is, but. I for one thought that the um, that the that the show itself actually works with the tonality of Twisted Metal. For those of you who know what Twisted Metal is, Marco explained it up top. Um, there's not much story there. There's some story, but it's not much story there. So they kind of just take that premise and they expand it uh, to a point where I think it's a really simple story that goes a long way it's it's corny it's funny there's a lot of elements to it that i think that that work and a lot of elements that i think that don't work it's not perfect by any by any uh stretch of the imagination but i i i'm not gonna sit here and tell you it's a masterpiece but what twisted metal does it, it captures the essence of those games it's uh it's a reverent it's like a hard r if you will right uh it's filled with like those easter eggs and characters that hardcore twisted metal fans will absolutely adore i'm not a hardcore fan even i pop for some shit that they showed stuff that's besides sweet tooth uh but really it's a super simple engaging story as well it expands on, on the lore and everything like i mentioned uh it has moments that don't always work but I think the structure and what, what I'm seeing is with, with, with The Last of Us and, and, and how, just how games are played. I think these things work better as TV shows than film because they have to cram so much stuff into film. The fact that they can explore so much within 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 um, the stories being told throughout episodes and TV shows, I think it works really good. I, I think when you look at what Twisted Metal is... And where it stands in the pantheon of video games, and when you look at t the TV show, I think it's it's pretty much what you would expect from that. If they were to make a TV show of Twisted Metal, this is exactly that. You know, obviously mm -hmm. Sweet Tooth is a standout. Besides the the, the whole Cisco thing, uh, I think that the character of of Sweet Tooth is, is hilarious. I think it, he's fucking scary, but at the same time menacing. But at the same time, you know, there's a little bit of innocence to him as well. Um, Wait, and is, I'm, main, I'm sorry. Is Cisco in the game? I'm I'm lost about that. Oh, my bad, man. So there's a trailer that came out where it was, uh, there the thong song was a huge oh, part of it. Oh, okay. And so that part, that's a big part of episode one, and it's really corny. It's it sucks, interesting. But, it's a car combat game. Are there dumps like a truck, truck, truck? All night long. Okay. Uh, but um, 
I'm glad you didn't finish that line. I was like, no. All right, keep going. Uh, but um, yeah, man, it, it's it, it really it's working for me. I think it, it's it's obviously you're not gonna go in there and expect The Last of Us because that's not the kind of game that right. Twisted Metal is. But I think one for one, when you look at trans, the translation of what Twisted Metal is into the show, I think it's I think it's it's done to perfection. Uh, and for all the things that suck about Twisted Metal. Uh, I think that this game captures that and then really makes a pretty decent show. Uh, I recommend it for all Twisted Metal fans because I would really want to see what a hardcore Twisted Metal fan actually thinks about the show. Gotcha. Uh, I know, Marco, that you're, you're, you're a pretty big fan of Twisted Metal. I wouldn't say like yeah. the biggest, but you, you you like it quite a bit. So yeah. I, I think you should probably watch it. I think you, you'd enjoy a little bit of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll swing around and check it out at some point. Um, but yeah, yeah, good to know that it's not it's not bad. That That's nice. It's watchable. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad at all. All right. Very good. Like well, Witcher. if we are listenable, uh, consider mm-hmm. subscribing to our show, ladies and gentlemen. We drop new episodes every Monday on all streaming services. Plus, we even put up audio versions of our show up on YouTube. And if you're feeling extra cool, which I think you are, you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram at its cooldown to whatever the hell Twitter X at its cooldown time. Oh, um, fucking hell. Whatever the 19 other Twitter clones that are coming out right now are co- going to be called uh, at, at its cooldown time. Uh, wherever you wherever you do your social medias, find us there. It really helps us kind of spread our our, our, our message if you will, um, <laughs> not our seed. I felt like Pablo wanted to probably say spread up, spread our seed or something weird like that. I, I didn't even think about that, but this pervert right here, bro. No, no, <laughs> you're talking about yourself. Uh, anyway, we got to keep the show rolling, Pablo, and we got to do that with the news segment of the show that we call Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, so we have three uh, news items to talk about for Hit Points this week, uh, starting with news item number one, which is Video Games Chronicle reporting that dev kits for Nintendo's next console have gone out to their key partner studios, and that the launch of their next console is planned for 2024. So we decided to have a little fun with this news and make a few quick hit predictions for the new console. And I want to start with this question for you, Pablo. And, and I, I know we've heard some rumblings from different sources about what they're thinking. But in your opinion, will it be more powerful than the base PS4 and Xbox One? Yes or no? Yes, I think it'll be as powerful as the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro. Okay. That's kind of where I'm coming from. I'm thinking uh, probably somewhere in that range, too. Um, I'm, I'm probably leaning more... More PS4 Pro. I think Xbox One X was a little bit more powerful by, by a hair. I think probably PS4 Pro quality uh, should be more than enough for some, uh, you know, thinking about like putting Call of Duty on the next Switch. Right. It'd be an easy cross-gen conversion, uh, at least I would imagine. So I'm, I'm with do you, you there. Do you kind of want to hear my theory as to why I think that is? Uh, yeah. Yeah, what do you got? So I... First of all, good point. Forgot about that. The Xbox made that 10-year deal with, with, with Nintendo yeah. by Call of Duty. Yeah. That's a good point. That actually adds to that. So a couple of days ago, uh, EA announced that they were going to port Jedi Survivor to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Everybody, including myself, thought that was kind of weird. 
I actually think it's because it's going to be ported over to the Switch 2, and because it's already close enough to the Xbox One and the PS4, that they're just going to go ahead and, 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 and get to that audience as well. Um, there's reports, obviously, as Marco mentioned, that the dev kits have arrived to some of the key studios. EA is one of the biggest publishers in the world. I'm guessing they're one of the key studios there. I, that's what I'm thinking. That's kind of like where, where, where my head went, where it's like, oh, maybe that's what they're doing. They're actually... Go, making that for the Switch 2, and because they're doing that for the Switch 2, they might as well just do it for PS4 and Xbox One, because from what we've known, this was always going to be a next-gen only uh, title, and now the fact that they have announced the port, yeah. it kind of feels to me like they've outed a little bit what the power of the Switch 2 will be. Now, I want to kind of ask you a question, because I, I don't know if you have, if this is something you had planned, but sorry if I'm getting ahead of it. Will you be disappointed if this is actually less powerful than those systems, um, yes, yeah, I would be. Yeah, I would be. Yeah, I think it's time for them to catch up a little bit, and I, I would be very disappointed if it's just a half measure at this stage of the game, uh, especially if it's a full price new console that would yeah. ideally need to last the next seven to eight years. <clears throat> excuse me of 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 a lifespan, right? Because I I don't want them to end up in the same exact position they're in now. Um, all over again, and then suffer f- through another generation of oh my god, yeah, I love it, but it's on Switch too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I want, I I would be highly disappointed if it's not as powerful as what we're saying or predicting. Yeah, I so I think so too. I think that I think that if you're gonna already come out and be a little bit underperforming in terms of comparing to the actual Xbox Series X and the PS5, that you can't be that far behind at this point. Yeah, you know, it, it it'd be a, I think it'd be a measure too far in my opinion. Well, that's not the only thing we're gonna be uh making a prediction about Pablo because this next one it, it doesn't seem like it's as, as, as straight of a shot as we would think and the question is will will this new console be backwards compatible with Nintendo Switch games I mean we all think it should obviously but but the question is will it be Pablo yes or no yes I think that um I think it has to be at this point. I know that I know that Nintendo's gotten away many, many a times with the fact that um, you know some obviously a lot of DS games are not, not 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 only that they're just not you can't play DS games on the Switch. They're not backwards compatible at all. Not even Wii U games. I think that it, it we you can't do that anymore. The 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 Switch has sold way too much. It's still selling this year. If you're gonna come out with a with a brand new uh, console next year, I think you have to. So because of that, I'm gonna say yes. I think that that that's something that they have. Uh, they have in their in their pipeline something that they had in mind when creating the Switch 2 because at this point I don't think you can get away with that anymore. If you if you want to be as successful as the predecessor with the Switch, you have to be able to kind of cater to, to that audience. And um, if the Switch 2 comes out and and games like uh, Mario Kart 8 and and Smash Bros Ultimate, you can't play it on those consoles. That'd be fucking insane. That'd well, just be that, that'd be unfathomable almost. I mean, it's not unfathomable to me because <clears throat> I can see a future where Nintendo goes, we can resell it. You know, like yeah, because they they've been no, known to sure. do it. So, but but yeah. I'm with you though. At the end of the day, I think they will make their games backwards compatible. Um, but that does transition into the next uh, question, uh, which is, will there be? next gen upgrades for select switch games and if the answer is yes uh how much of an upgrade cost will that be pablo in your opinion i don't think so i don't think that they're gonna offer like a next gen upgrade i think what will happen though is that they'll release 
like kind of what they did with the with with uh, with um with Smash Brothers Ultimate. I think they'll release a version of that that has a little more content that may be full price, but I don't think that they're going to release. They're not going to do what 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 Xbox or PlayStation does, where it's like the director's cut, better graphics, ten dollars for an upgrade. I think that what they'll do is they'll do a Game of the Year edition. And they'll sell that for a full price. But I don't mm. think that's going to be a path to a next-gen upgrade. I think it'll just be, hey, this is a new version, a new SKU, and they'll sell that for full price. You can still play the old version, but if you want the new version, it'll be a new SKU, which sucks. But I think that's the way they're going to go about it. Yeah, I think that's where we diverge a little bit. Because um, I do okay. think they're going to have a next-gen upgrade program. Uh, I think it will be most likely a, like a $20 premium to like get Tears of the Kingdom next-gen version, uh, running at 60 frames per second, uh, mm-hmm. consistent resolution, things like that. Um, because I, I, I think even Nintendo has to have some type of, of limit to reselling and repackaging games like that. Um, now, you might be right that we might see like uh, you know, a special edition version of games, but I, see, like, I still see a game like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe probably getting some type of $20 upcharge for, you know, 4K native, things like that. Um, But that's just me. I I think it is something that they're going to, at the very least, I think they're going to experiment with that and see yeah. how that works for them. I can't I I I would I think they would probably it would be weird for them to beeline right past that and go straight to reselling games uh at full price and slapping a director's cut tag on it or something. It'll be interesting um because I almost feel like they are they aren't really going to do much for their first party. Um so like the graphical upgrade stuff, I think that the Switch it'll be the thing where it's, it has the power to run like really nice games, but I think that's going to be relegated to the third party stuff, so mm. they can tap into that market. I still think that games like they're they're they're. I still think like for example, like Mario Kart won't look any graphically better. It'll probably run better, you know. Um, but I don't think it'll look like oh it's, the graphics on this are crazy. I just think it'll run better. But mm. yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah. And then the last question to have a little bit of fun here when it comes to launch games: What three first party launch games are you predicting? that the next Switch will launch with? I'm going to say, obviously, the obvious one is Metro Prime 4. I think that's going to be a a, a big launch. The second one is... um, I've talked about on the show many times about Wind Waker and, hmm. and, and, and Zelda. But what, I, what I'm actually thinking is that the reason that we have not seen that is because I think that they're either working with Wind Waker or they're working with Twilight Princess and doing a Metroid Prime 1 kind of, of remaster to those games. So it'll launch... The tradition of it launching with a Zelda game will stay true, and it's less of a remaster and more of a remake using all the goods that the new uh, console have. And I'm leaning towards Wind Waker. I think that's the game that they'll, they'll use to that. And it won't be a, a pack in like an HD collection. It'll be like Wind Waker, and it'll look significantly better. It'll look, it'll run significantly better. It'll just kind of be like the new version of that game. Uh, and I think that's what they're going to launch with. And third, um, this one. There's there's been that Donkey Kong game that's been kind of going around for a long time, and I think that's what what'll launch. I think Tropical Freeze is so long ago, one of the best platformers of all time. I they, they really kill it with that franchise now, and I feel like that's probably going to be the next version of that. Uh, and the bonus a bonus one would be like a third party 
like a launch, like a like a Call of Duty or something like that, or, or you know, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, what do you think? Yeah, so for me, um, I definitely agree with you on Metroid Prime Four. I predicted that many years ago to the point where you know I sounded crazy at one point for saying that, but I, I now <laughs> it's starting to look all the more plausible that Marco was right. Uh, so I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to also say that I think in the interest of Nintendo wanting to have a good party game experience at launch. I am going to say, and I have to commit to one of these, because I have a new Mario Party in my head and a new Switch 2 sports thing in my head. I'm going to go with the latter. I'm going to go with the latter. I think the way to create real, like, demand and excitement and, like, that that party, family-friendly pandemonium all over again is to have a game like that come out at launch. Um, And then I do think that Donkey Kong is the next one, I would say, as well. I think it... I don't don't see a, a mainline Mario coming out at launch um i i see yeah. that as more of like a year two kind of thing um i think donkey kong would be a great um first of all a great return and just in general and a, an even better launch title to get people talking and um you know have that old school classic franchise to yeah. um to bring home uh, as a flagship kind of experience for the new hardware so um, yeah. i expect all those games to have pretty ingrained functionality with whatever the new feature set's going to be with the next console um, oh, to the point where it might they might <laughs> be a little gimmicky that that's more of a reach kind of prediction that I'm throwing out there but um, I, I do think those are probably going to be at least to me the most sensible launches to go with yeah I'm Nintendo's infamous for holding games, and the fact that we haven't seen a new Donkey Kong, a 3D Donkey Kong platforming game is super fucking weird. Mm-hmm. But I think it makes sense in this case. Also, another another thing that I kind of want to bring uh, that I thought about just now is maybe a new Pokemon game. In Pokemon, they sell like crazy. Well, they, they, they shit them out left and right. So I, yeah, that wouldn't shock yeah. me either. Um, but uh, I mean, th- it'll sell it'll sell like crazy. But yeah, I I guess yeah, I could see that. I could actually see that. But that wouldn't be exciting for me, I, I don't think. You know, because it would be exciting for me in this way. I, I think that uh, Scarlet, I, I you know, Pokemon Scarlet and, and and Violet. I think those games are fantastic. Obviously, they're just bogged down by the technology. If we got a sequel to that game and the new console, you know, and and it's it not run like complete and utter shit, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then that would be awesome. Because honestly. I, I, I think that game is in, I think that game is I don't I use this word a lot but I think that game is conceptually incredible it's just unfortunately bogged down by so many technical issues yeah. so yeah well that's more of a of a them thing to me than a hardware thing I, I, I once I saw Tears of the Kingdom do what Tears of the Kingdom did I'm like mm, yeah no nah, that, yeah. that's on y'all so, that's Game Freak Game Freak yeah. is not I, I they're just not very good at right. optimizing yeah yeah, but uh, nevertheless, we'll stay tuned, and we will uh, definitely report on any uh, exciting updates about the next console uh, hey, as we get Marco, them. Do you, how do you feel about the fact that, th- at least according to the report, that this is actually launching with an LCD screen instead of an OLED? I'm not shocked about that, to be honest with you. Um, I price down. It's yeah, it's probably a cost thing for Nintendo, and I got to be honest. And maybe maybe I'm just maybe my head's buried in the sand, but it feels like the the Switch OLED didn't really make waves the way that maybe they thought it would um, as that like well, next model because it didn't really do anything new in terms of hardware capabilities. So the incentive right. of just buying a new Switch to get a better screen. I don't know if that was enough to captivate anybody. So maybe they're just like you know what, let's cut costs, let's just keep it simple, basic, and leave it yeah. leave it be. Yeah. 
and it's hard to tell exactly the impact because they yeah. basically replaced the OLED with with as the as their main console. So it's kind of hard to you know, especially if you're buying mm-hmm. it now. So yeah, but we'll we will keep tabs. But that is not the only news item we have this week because uh, in an interview with a Japanese entertainment news site. Hideo Kojima went into detail about how he completely rewrote the story for Death Stranding 2. He claims that the original story was scrapped after the pandemic happened, which made him reevaluate the central themes of Death Stranding. As he watched the world shift to digital communication and remote employment, he felt that society became rife with seclusion and division but that humans should still inherently be explorers because digital connections aren't enough. Hence, the line, should we have connected in the trailer, refers to Death Stranding 2's exploration of whether connecting brings people closer together or further apart. So, as a day one fan, that being you, and a recent convert, that being me, of Death Stranding, are we excited to see how Hideo Kojima explores all of this, or are we more leery about Kojima getting too thematically heavy-handed again? Hell nah, bro. I am fucking hyped for this. <laughs> this is the most coherent Kojima has been when talking about an upcoming game. Like, this kind of stuff, the shit that he's talking about, is the kind of stuff that we glean after the game has already come out. Like, oh, that's what he was talking about after kind of talking about it in the most roundabout way. Like, look especially Marco uh, has been really hard on Kojima, but I think Kojima is one of our, like one of our best game developers out there. I think when it comes to ideas and concepts, I think there's, I don't think there's anybody like him. I think execution, he has a little bit of an issue, Uh, but I think knowing what Death Stranding is and knowing what a sequel can be, I am, absolutely excited i think Death stranding one is a modern classic game for the good and the bad i, I think there's a lot a, a lot to it i think it's so crazy it's good kind of kind of uh, vibes going for it but i am so excited for what he's gonna do with death stranding 2 uh, i'm always gonna be excited for what kojima has next but you know it, it's hard it was hard to, to get into it was hard to get excited for death stranding before it came out because it's not metal gear but now that we know what death stranding is Oh man, I'm looking forward to, to. I think Death Stranding 2, just based off this interview, has become one of my most anticipated games for the next few years. I don't know when it's coming out, maybe next year, maybe the year after that, but I'm like, super excited for it. I cannot wait for this shit. Um, Kojima's, Kojima's the GOAT, man. He's the GOAT. Here's the thing um, it's, it's been interesting to see how the pandemic has affected the industry um, when it comes to like production and when it comes to like shortages and supply and demand and inflation what we really haven't heard is how the pandemic changed storytelling in games Mm -hmm. and so i find it really fascinating that the pandemic for everything that it was and kind of the the lingering effects of that is it was enough to make him kind of look at his original script and go this isn't right and right. I think that's pretty um, commendable, actually. Um, now, normally, y'all know me. I, I'm i not afraid of slut-shaming Hideo Kojima. Um, <laughs> you know, he's been on his in, in his hoe bag, his hoe phase for a while. Still is. Um, but I think the one thing you can't deny about Kojima is that he really tries his ass off to tell an interesting story with themes that that means something to him, right? 
Um, yeah. And for better or for worse, you can kind of feel his presence all throughout the writing and the storytelling of, of, yeah, of his yeah. games. And yes, to that point, am I concerned that he might get too heavy handed again? Of course I am. He's the one thing Kojima has never been great at is restraint. Um, so he will keep you sitting right there watching a 17 minute cutscene as he explains every <laughs> angle of should we have connected? Like uh, he'll do that and he ain't going to care. He will, uh, it, it reviews be damned. You know, you can give him a six out of 10 if you want to. He, he, it, it clearly didn't stop him from making a sequel to this game. So he doesn't care. Um, so I, in a way it's his stubbornness is frustrating, but it's also something I respect deep down so like you i am very intrigued and excited for death stranding 2 um not only because of you know just the the weirdness that kojima brings to the table but also things like this which i actually found this interview to be quite fascinating to read because it's it's kojima making sense in a way that i'm not used to uh to be quite frank with you so um i'm looking forward to finding out more my only hope is that and you kind of alluded to it, that the pre-release build-up to the game coming out, whenever that is, is handled yeah. better. I want a clearer definition of what the game is trying to be, what is this game about, what are we supposed to do, instead of getting a lot of like weird, obscure trailers all the time um, yeah. that require like, zooming in 500% to look at a logo on the wall and, and, and analyze that. And this might mean that this character's here. Like <laughs> I hate that kind of stuff, even though I love it. I, I yeah, just yeah, want yeah. something that's a bit more clear cut and, and gives me a better understanding of what this game's going to be about. Uh, and then I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sold. But, you know, what, I think we're going to have a little bit of a wait until this is ready because uh, Kojima's a perfectionist. Yeah, so. I, yeah I, I guess. But at the same time, I remember very vividly when Death Stranding was announced and I thought it was like many, many, many years away and like three years later it was out. So, I don't know. We'll see where, when, when this comes out, but I'm excited for it for sure. Yeah, at the very least, I think we'll see something at a Keeley event uh, coming up this year, uh, I would imagine. Yeah. But um, in our third and final Hit Points news item, ladies and gentlemen, the Elder Scrolls might be the next franchise to get the remake treatment. It's been reported that the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion is being remade by Virtuous Studios, the same studio that is allegedly assisting Konami with Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. So considering how far away we are from getting the Elder Scrolls VI, is this a good move for Xbox Pablo, or is this more of a non-starter in your opinion? I mean, it's hard to say, because I'm not really an Elder Scrolls guy, Mm -hmm. but I would say that this is a good move it's just that it's weird that it's oblivion i I think if you're gonna remake a game i know morrowind is a a game that desperately needs it yeah and honestly if you're gonna remake the elder scrolls games to kind of keep people to hold to hold people down you know why not just remake uh skyrim you know like i it, it just feels like it's the weird one out i know people love oblivion i know oblivion is touted as one of the best elder scrolls games but i feel like in terms of when when people think about elder scrolls i think it's usually skyrim and it's it's morrowind as kind of the where the game really found it is is ground or its feet so i thought it would be morrowind and they're gonna do this but I mean, look, I'm down. I'm down to, to try it out. I, I'm just it's just hard for me to get excited for anything Elder Scrolls because I'm a Fallout guy through and through. Uh, and so Elder Scrolls is just not 
I like honestly, I, you know, I, I I do a gaming podcast. I'm a huge video game fan. It's like my number one hobby, and I've never really gotten through Skyrim. Like it just does not interest me in any way, shape, or form. And so it's hard for me to, to, to be completely excited for this, but I'm always down to try something, uh, to try something again. And especially now, since uh, as I've gotten older, I find things, games, and, and genres that I may not have liked as when I was younger, finding that I'm liking them now. So you never know. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm kind of on the other side of the fence with the Elder Scrolls. I've always, you know, really enjoyed it. Um, admittedly, I, I have not been a long time Elder Scrolls fan. I'm not going to pretend that I, I got into this series more with Oblivion. I tried Morrowind back in the OG Xbox days when it came to that console, and I was like, I, this is too much for my little pea brain to handle uh, in terms of... It's a hardcore CRPG. It, the open-endedness yeah. is like, it is It is not a joke. Uh, if you think Elden yeah. Ring doesn't hold you by the hand, play some Morrowind in your life. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I actually quietly think that Oblivion is kind of better than Skyrim. Um, yeah, a lot of people think that. Especially narratively. Um, I think it's a much yeah. better game, in, narratively speaking. Um, I didn't like much of Skyrim's story at all, but some of the you know the guild quests, you know things like that, Dark Brotherhood stuff, in, in Skyrim is cool. It just it never came close to what Oblivion did. So I'm actually really interested in this a lot, and I think that the the, the big question mark for me is honestly at this point. It's Virtuous Studios. I'm just going to be pl- uh, plain and simple. Like that that studio seems so obscure to me, man. Like they're touching all these, like the Metal Gear Solid remake with I think I think the report said that they're working on animations for that game, and they're also working on this remake. Like it's just such a weird project line. Like like I don't <laughs> understand. And I don't know anything about these guys. So like, what is their pedigree that is making them right. this like? this studio that's making these bangers like it if they are let's say they're at the same quality of like let's say blue point games which was no it is known for being great remake to, uh, you know studio kind of thing yep. if they're like that caliber then i'm excited but i i mean their portfolio like what what do they like what do they do so it's like i like this on yeah. paper but i don't know if i like who's doing it per se i would rather have it have been an internal xbox studio yeah that's another part of it um but i'm guessing that like the like better gear solid delta snake eater i'm guessing that xbox is involved because oh, they, they own the ip yeah. yeah of course so you know maybe i don't know we'll see because i mean blue point is fantastic one of my favorite studios but there's always going to be the next and if Virtual Studios is the next, then that's super dope that they're, I mean, some, something is, they're doing something right that all these companies are are leaning on them to do this. So uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to wait to see what the final product is, but I mean, it is mildly interesting, I think at least for to me. To answer the question, I think it's a good move for Xbox. It's always good to have another Elder Scrolls project coming out to look forward to, especially if it's going to take so long for the new one. But isn't that ridiculous, though? That that they're they're going to take so long to make a ne- next Elder Scrolls. Like, I just feel like maybe this is some kind of tryout or, or something where because I I, I I seriously doubt that Xbox is going to sit on Fallout Five for the next decade just because you know Tom uh not Tom but uh, what's his name uh, Howard Todd uh, Howard uh, Todd Howard <laughs> is uh 
is not ready to do it. Like that man's gonna be like seventy by the time. It's a, I, I just feel like it's weird. Maybe this is what this is. Maybe they're kind of trying them out a little bit. Maybe they'll, they'll be in charge of the next, um, uh, the next Fallout or something. I don't know. I, it just seems weird that uh, you you would buy BGS like this and then sit on their product for so mm-hmm. long. Yeah, because you don't want you don't want the IP to get stale and then a new generation of gamers come along that ha- they're like Elder Who, and you don't Elder want that. Scrollers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they know how to read, but you know, you, you, nah, you never they don't know. know how to, you, have you have you spoken to anybody in the new generation? No, I have not. I walk right past them. I tripped them on when oh, they walked good. too. Um, all right, Pablo, that is going to wrap up our hit points segment this week. It is time to get to the main event of the show. We call that the checkpoint chat. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right, ladies and gentlemen, me and Pablo are here at the Checkpoint Chat to put out an APB for 15 upcoming (laughs) games that have went completely AWOL. We have no idea what happened to them. We're very concerned. We're very curious. And we're going to run through each of those games uh, one at a time. We're going to kind of, you know, refresh everyone's memory about when they were announced and the current status of each of these games. And then we're going to kind of peel back some layers and, and sort of predict are they are they dead or alive are they are they on life support are they are they hanging on what what's going on here we're going to kind of you know um, make some some uh, semi-educated guesses as to what's going on behind the scenes with each of these games obviously this is very speculative so we don't know what we don't know but you know we're just kind of taking a look at these games and going what happened so that's kind of the gist of this segment. And uh, Pablo, I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, walk us through each of these games, and we'll talk about them one at a time. So let's go ahead and jump right in with the first game. Yeah, no particular order. The first game on the list is Dragon Age Dreadwolf, mm. announced in 2018. Status is it was in development since 2015, but, scrapped, but it was scrapped. We started in 2018 with Gas Elements, but then... Those game as service elements were scrapped to go back to single player only. Thank you, Anthem. Uh, still no release date. Marco, what do you think? Is this game dead or alive? Well, I think it's alive, but I think it's 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 the kind of alive that makes me worried because it's been it's been mangled so much and repurposed so many times that what what even is this game gonna be really? Like we saw some leaked footage um, a little while back. To show some of the uh, the gameplay elements, it looks a little bit more action oriented, which is cool. Um, yep. But I think the biggest concern that I have is is that I hope that this game does not have an identity crisis. To me, I think mm. that Dragon Age needs to just be Dragon Age. I think they have gotten too cute with this series historically, particularly with Dragon Age Two. I don't think you can keep making good game, bad game, good game, bad game all over again like this with Dragon Age and hope to keep the series alive. So I think I think it's alive, but I think it's alive with an identity crisis that hopefully they'll either have already resolved or will resolve very soon so we get a release date. What about you? I've never been scared or afraid or worried about a game when they talk about it being more action heavy orientated till now because of final fantasy 16 uh you know that game switching over completely to a action focused kind of uh of of game so i'm kind of in obviously i think it's alive i'm with you but i I agree man i think that this game has the potential to come out and, and just be a lot like Final Fantasy 16, which I know some people love that game, but for me as a as a fan of Dragon Age, 
seeing it completely become this action oriented heavy uh, first experience um it would be a little disappointing if it doesn't keep some of the elements that makes Dragon Age great. So we'll see exactly what happens here. Uh, but I'm very, <laughs> I'm worried. I am worried. Yeah, I'm not, I won't lie. I am worried about Dread, uh, Dreadwolf, but I do think it is alive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and go to the next one, Pablo. What we got? Next game is Bioshock 4. Asterisk there because the game was announced in 2019, but it had just been announced as a Bioshock game being in development. The 4 is, is just just something that we might be right, a sequel, yeah. might be a re. We don't know exactly what that is. The status of that game is that it is still in development, uh, but there have not been any recent updates at all. Marco, do we think Bioshock 4 or any kind of iteration of Bioshock is alive or dead? Um. Man, if, I'm so split down the middle on this one mm-hmm. um, because I think I I would say technically I think it's I think it's alive. Um, mm-hmm. I think the problem is um, it's it, it's so weird that it's taken so long to find out anything about this game that I don't know how far along this game truly is. I can see this yeah. game. I mean, you said it's been in development since 2019. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised at all if this is another project that kind of got started and scrapped and restarted, and we'll find out about it from a Jason Schreier piece down the road that, yeah. man, that, that Bioshock 4 was really tr- troubled and blah, blah, blah. I I will say I think it's alive, but I don't think we're going to see this game for a long time. Yeah. I, I think um, it's alive. Uh, I just think the IP itself is too big for them to abandon it. Um, is it, though? I'm not confident. Well, yeah, I think that Bioshock has the the it has a lot of equity. It's the got name critical has a lot of equity. equity. Yeah, yeah, commercial I, equity. I, listen, I, no, well, I mean, I, I mean, those games sold fine, but I, I think that I don't. I'm, I agree. I don't think that Bioshock is going to come out and sell gangbusters, and it's going to you know really do like these huge numbers. But I think the equity in terms of like the name itself, I think a version of this will be will be available. Obviously, the pandemic. With 2020 being a huge year with everything got paused, has a lot to do with a lot of the games on our list. But just kind of the studio that's making it. Uh, I'm sorry to put you on the spot. What's the studio that's making this again? I it's have the no one idea. That did Mafia Three. It's the one that did Mafia Hangar Three. 13? Um, Hangar Thirteen. Hangar Thirteen. Yeah. yeah, I think they were they were the ones that doing this. I just don't trust them. Um, and so that's kind of where. I'm, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And look, I, I love Bioshock. I'm on record saying Bioshock Infinite is my favorite Bioshock now. But I uh, I understand everything, about the criticism of that game. Also, a Ken Levine list Bioshock could be good or bad. We'll see. Um, but um, yeah, man, I, I, I it's alive. And weirdly, to weirdly say, weirdly admitting, I'm not that excited for it. I'm more excited for Judas uh, than than this. Yeah, agreed. I'm actually yeah. glad that we saw Judas uh, and that it's not on this list. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, that's not the only shock yeah. game that we have here, though. Yeah, man, this is a little disappointing. This hurts my heart. System Shock Three announced back in 2015. It's actually the status of it is not in active development but not canceled embracer group bought up the ip and they've said multiple times that system shock 3 is happening but just not currently being worked on marco what do you think dead or alive with system shock 3 oh this is dead this is dead um yeah i i i mean embracer is closing down studios left and right they just closed another one down i 
I don't think this this is coming back. To be completely honest with you, I'm I'm glad that the System Shock remake that came out turned out to be pretty solid overall. Can't wait for that to be on consoles. I think that's the last we're going to see of that series. I really do, uh, and it's a shame. I I don't want that to happen, but I just don't know if under the Embracer Group's uh, rule, if this game has a fighting chance whatsoever of being done well, um, let alone being done at all. Um, so I, I think it'll ultimately get canceled. I think it's a, I think it's dead in the water at this point. Yeah, I agree. I think system, I think in this iteration, system shock three is dead. I don't think that system shock as IP is dead. I think that the remake got a Mm. lot of critical reception. I think that we will see system shock three eventually. I think that, um, my best case scenario is that they sell it off, you know, embracer groups sells it off. And I hope I'm praying that a PlayStation studio or an Xbox studio buys up the the IP and 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 adds this incredible game into their uh, into the repertoire and make it and make it their own. You know, maybe it's not System Shock three, maybe it's a System Shock remake. But in this iteration, yes, I think that this game is sadly and unfortunately dead. Warren Spector is no longer even working on it, and he said that he's moving on. So. I'm 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 sad to to say, but yeah, it's it's dead. Mm-hmm. It's dead. It's dead. It's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Next game on our list is Metroid Prime Four. A little cheeky here. Uh, announced in 2017. Uh, it is in development. We know that development was reset back in 2019. Marco, is this game dead or alive? I'm getting tired of people coming at my girl Samus like it's just the thing to do. All right, she's gonna channel her inner Cardi B, throw a microphone at a bitch, and get sued if, if one more person says she can't sell uh copies or she's mid-tier at best uh according to a technical mess i know um and that's all facts by yeah, the way okay um this is obviously alive uh you know and and i think that the development reset that happened uh to me screamed we just don't know how to really push the Metroid Prime series forward right now, and maybe what they did was maybe a little too familiar. Um, like I said earlier, with the with the next Nintendo console uh, news item, I think that this is going to lean somewhat heavily into the next console's uh, feature set, um, gimmicks and all, and I think that is going to ultimately make Metroid Prime 4 different compared to the original trilogy. Um, but I still see this as very much alive, and I think it's going to ultimately uh, come out and be in great shape and sell 20 million units. Wow. <laughs> yeah, in your pants. Listen, uh, hey. Metroid Prime Form is obviously alive. Um, I think this is the only game on my list, on this list, the, where development reset is actually a good news. Uh, I think, obviously, like you said, maybe they thought they were making something that's a little too familiar. But also, I see it as maybe they thought, maybe they thought that the, the, their ambitions or their ideas for the game were it wasn't something that the the Switch as is can handle, and so they decided to to push that back into the next console where we're, we're, we'll see it next year. Um, and I think Metro Prime Four is going to be a standout title. I think it's going to be good. I, I'm not a Metro prime fan i just never played them i think the remake was cool it's just a little too old for me i'm definitely looking forward to prime 4 and see what exactly what they can do and see if they can make a believer out of this uh out of this metroid prime not a hater just not just uh, a person that hates her does that make you a hater i guess that does does. uh next game on our list is prince of persia santa time remake announced in 2020 promptly shut down 
uh, status is in development, but development rebooted this year under an entirely different development team. Marco, dead or alive for Prince Persia's Hands of Time remake? Um, I want to say alive, but in trouble as my my choice here because Prince of Persia already seems to have a new lane with the uh, the other new Prince of Persia they're making, which the, yeah. the game's name uh, eludes me. I I have it right here though. Uh, crown, the Prince's Crown, something or? like that. Uh, the Lost Crown, the Lost Crown, the Lost Crown. Yeah, yeah. so they have that already kind of going for the series, and if that game turns out to be great. I don't know if you really need a Sands of Time remake at that point. I think you kind of just build off of the other game. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to wait and see since the new, the other Prince of Persia drops in January next year. I think they're going to see how that pans out. And if that becomes a hit um, critically and maybe commercially, I can see them going, you know what? We're doing that for Prince of Persia. Kill the remake. Enough's enough. Let's just focus on making a sequel to this, and that's Prince of Persia yeah. moving forward. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I think that I, personally, I think this is dead. I, I think that uh, Ubisoft is go, is shutting down a lot of projects. The rumor is that they shut down uh, Phoenix Rising uh, sequel to focus on basically more of the same shit uh, with their Assassin's Creed uh, platform game. Uh, I think that Prince of Persia's Hands of Time remake will ultimately is, in my opinion, have ultimately already succumbed to that, and I think that while they would love to make this remake, I just don't think that it's in their immediate plans, and I think ultimately, like you said, because they already have a lane with Prince of Persia, uh, with the Lost Crown, I think that this game will ultimately never see the light of day. I think it's dead. Let's door not. The time has run out. That's not the only Ubisoft game we got to talk about, though. We got two more, actually. So let's run through those. Yeah, two more. Yeah. Beyond Good and Evil 2. Of course, this couldn't be a list of AWOL games without Beyond Good and Evil 2. Announced all the way back in 2017. Current status is that, if they say so, still in development. (laughs) Uh, and various uh, with various development issues. One of them being, sadly, that the creative director died. Uh, recently, so I mean, this game has gone through everything. Their 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 creative directors, their writers have left or passed away. I don't mean to laugh. It's just it, it's just it's a comical. It's just so many things are going wrong for this game. Like the universe telling Ubisoft, shut this shit down. I'm gonna go ahead and jump for you real quick, and I'm gonna say this game is we'll never see this game. Uh, Marco, uh, De- Beyond Good and Evil Two, Dead or Alive. First and foremost, you ain't no good. You ain't no good. You over here giggling and sniggling for it's just death. it's because it's so it's so insane. <laughs> uh, all the shit that this game has gone through. Boy. That 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 they're still saying that it's in development. No, it's not. Stop lying. Oh, We're no. back to that, huh? <laughs> um, here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna shock the shit out. I think this game is alive. I think yeah. it is. I think that Ubisoft is just nutty enough. To keep this thing moving for real. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe this time next year, it it mm. somehow reemerges as like, yep, it's finally back. Um, what I do think they're going to have to do is they're going to have to rebrand this. At this point, Beyond Good and Evil 2 means nothing to most gamers. Because most, yeah. most gamers of the last few generations haven't even played the original game to have no point of reference there so unless you're gonna you know repackage the first game to get people caught up to speed the fact that this is a two means nothing so i actually think this is going to be a reboot 
instead. Um, and I think they're just going to go full stop, rebuild this whole thing from the ground up. We're not going to have all the things we initially had. We, we might do some of those features, but this is predominantly going to be a, a, a restart for the series that we that they're going to maybe try to, to repurpose into a TV series at some point. So I'm going kind of off the wall here, but I, I just yeah. think there's got to be a reason why they haven't killed this thing yet and there's to me there's something that they see here i know ubisoft is delusional but they're not that delusional marco because lies don't cost shit they can lie to those all the time and they don't listen i could see this as a prey situation where they make a game called beyond good and evil and has nothing to do with anything just using that name but at this point i say this game has no chance it is beyond good and it is oh, evil if God. we keep developing okay that's just why just are you like that. this <laughs> hey man um it's just the way i am uh next game ubisoft you're still in the crosshairs here skull and bones god damn doesn't that mean it's like they're dried up and dead already right. but announced back in 2017 status in development delayed multiple times lie to me some more ubisoft what's up marco skull and bones dead or alive i mean it's alive but it should have been dead is is kind of my takeaway here it's coming out it's not gonna not come out at this point i think that's clear Mm. but i think that i think it just shouldn't if i were if i were them i would i would i would do something that does not if you're gonna put this game out if i'm ubisoft i'm not this is going free to play i'm not gonna try to sell this at no damn full price hoping that people are gonna buy into this game that's gotten delayed 50 11 times Okay, it's not <laughs> happening. So that's what I would do. They're obviously not going to do that. The game's going to come out. I think it's going to get sent to die. It is going to be skull and bones, literally, uh, with its with its reception and its and its sales. And it's just gonna it's gonna fade into the ether uh, once that happens. But uh, I I I think this game could have been more. It could have been more interesting. It's just that Ubisoft this this is a prime example of their creative bankruptcy uh, at play here. Yeah, I'm gonna actually go. I'm gonna go a little crazy here, and I'm gonna say that this game is never gonna come out. I think it's dead. I, look, th- this game has already been marred in weird situations. The Singapore government actually funded this game, and they're contractually obligated to release it, but they've been able to to delay it. I think ultimately, what's gonna happen is that this game is probably gonna drop some kind of beta or alpha. It's gonna be delayed further, and then ultimately, it just never will come out. It'll just die on the vine. It just needs to at this point. I mean, this is a game that was uh created based on the fact that people liked uh see if these no no that's it we'll see if these but the other one was um the 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 inception of this was black flags uh combat oh yeah uh, the ship combat so they 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 they, oh how about we begin with that which would have been cool then but at this point like even if this were to come out and be fine like what's nobody wants uh, this kind of game i just it just feels super weird for me uh i i so i'm going like crazy here and think and say that this game will just actually never fully release it'll just keep being delayed to into into nothing until it just stops we'll see it we'll see yep next game on here star wars knights of the old republic remake announced back in 2021 in development according to embracer group no new dev team has been announced if i'm not mistaken you you say new Uh, dev team on our notes so 
Oh yeah, but no new no team has been announced oh, in terms okay. of like who's making Who it. Is? Yeah, there is oh, a new okay. dev team. Yeah, sorry. Embracer Group is says, says that it's def- definitely making it. Um, I know Aspire was was handling right. it, and whatever they had just wasn't something that they wanted to do, so they went ahead and changed it up. So, Marco, what do you think? Star Wars: Knights of the Republic, dead or alive? I am going with alive, um, mm-hmm. which may not be a popular pick here, but. I think it's alive, and I think the, the, the main reason why it's alive is that in the Embracer group, as, as weird as they are, they're not going to turn the other cheek from a Star Wars game. I just don't think that's going to happen. So I do believe them in that they want to get this game done and out there. Um, Sony obviously has uh, an exclusivity agreement with them for this game. I think that is very much a part of... Uh, the picture as well. Um, although I think Sony is probably checking their receipt to see if there's still a return policy on that deal. But I, I still think this is happening. I do think this is probably going to be a game we won't see till probably 2025 or something like that. Um, we got a ways to go before this sees the light of day, but I still think it is going to ultimately happen if I had to wager. But what about you? As is, I'm gonna say it's dead. I, I think Embracer. I think you're right. I think Embracer Group knows that they have a goldmine here. I think what they'll do is just due to the fact and the nature of what Embracer Group is going through is they'll eventually sell this IP off or this license off. And I think that maybe we'll get it down the road. But as is under the Embracer umbrella, I think that this game will never see the light of day. But I hope I'm wrong because Knights of the Old Republic obviously would love to see that game being remade. Uh, but as it stands, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with dead. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Perfect Dark is the next game on the list. Announced back in 2020. Uh, status, obviously, still in development. Has gone through various, very public development issues. Marco, do we think that Perfect Dark is dead or alive? Um, I'm going to go with Alive again here. But I'm going to go with Alive uh, with the caveat of Alive, but get your shit together. Um, yeah. Like, Perfect Dark means a lot to people. Um, more More than it does me, by far. Um, so I can understand that, you know, this this franchise means a lot to the community, especially since Perfect Dark Zero um, that came out as the as the follow up prequel was terrible. So, like, yeah, we've really been waiting to get a great Perfect Dark since Perfect Dark. And I think that is part of the frustration as well. And I think that as Xbox has been kind of in the midst of this redemption arc of theirs, I think that Perfect Dark is uh, or can be a great example of showing course correction at its finest. So I'm going to go with that it is alive. Um, I think they are going to kind of hunker down and make sure that Crystal Dynamics has the tools that they need to get this out there and and build something that can be built upon in future installments. but you know, obviously, it's it's kind of like put up or shut up for this at, at this point, based on all the bad headlines we've heard with the initiative and the turnover and all the turmoil internally about the direction of the game, uh, possibly even being episodic. Which the more I think about that, the more I don't think that's really going to happen. I just think yeah. like that's how wacky development got. And I but I think since then, I, I would like to imagine things have kind of stabilized and they kind of have a direction and they'll get it done. 
I think that uh, Perfect Dark is alive. I just wish it was dead. Um, I know that people have, uh, you know, fond memories of Perfect Dark. I personally think Perfect Dark is the superior game to GoldenEye. Um, it's the game that they actually, that Rare actually wanted to make. It's like the perfection of that formula. Uh, but I just don't think there's enough equity here with the IP that it has to be something that Xbox has to do. I think that um, there's been just so much turmoil with this development. Uh, I think there's been so much turmoil with that studio. I, I, I've been on the show and I said that they should just scrap that studio as well, get rid of that studio, do something else. It's just too much, too much baggage here. Uh, and I don't think that Perfect Dark is essential. I, I really don't. I don't think it's, it's, could it be good? Obviously, yeah, sure. But I just don't think it's essential. I wish that it just was a game that they moved on from. But it doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems like they, they're full steam ahead here. Uh, I would, I, I wish that Crystal Dynamics wasn't working on this, working on something else, anything else anything else uh but it is what it is at this point if that's if this is something that they're going to make i hope that it's good uh but yeah it is alive with my caveat is that i wish it was dead <laughs> so you uh, hate women that's the thing you just hate you hate strong what? female leads well, oh yeah do you have a doc? no 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 i mean look uh no that's not true please don't say that <laughs> Uh, next game on the list, uh, sticking with Xbox Studios hit, uh, here with uh, Rare, and that's their Everwild game, announced back in 2019. Rare announced it that in 2021, Everwild has been completely rebooted. This seems to be the, the theme here. Marco, what do we think about Everwild, dead or alive? Um, I'm going to also go with alive here. Although this one was a little shaky for me because when you yeah. announce a game, you reveal it to us, and you at that point had no idea what the game even was uh, yourselves. That is really spooky. So I do think they have a concept for this game probably by now. Um, I think it'll be um, a very okay kind of experience, but but looks pretty. I think that'll be the big selling point of, wow, look how beautiful this game's art style is. Um, but I don't really see this as being a, like a earth shaker for Xbox. I, I think this will just be another one of those projects that they want to get done with so that Rare can work on something more meaningful uh, afterwards. But, um, you know, I, I think that at this point, I wouldn't care if it got uh, canceled uh, per se because I just didn't build enough of an attachment to, to really connect with it like that. But I still think they'll figure out a way to get this done. Yeah, Xbox needs to kill Everwild. I mean, Rare is not the studio that it used to be, but again, its name does carry some kind of some sort of cachet. I think that they should go back to a little bit more traditional Rare type of games. I think Everwild just, you know, it had one trailer and it barely meant nothing because they had no concept for what the game was. There's no attachment to it. There's nothing that is holding Xbox to this, honestly, other than they've said it was a game that existed. I just think that if really Xbox is serious about their turnaround, which they seem to be, I think that they should start kind of taking games like Everwild and things, concepts that just never really fully got uh, fleshed out, just throw it out the window. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to, I'm, I'm sure... Some people on Twitter or the social medias will be like, oh, failure by Xbox. But ultimately, I think if you announce that Everwild is no longer in development and that Rare is working on something else, even if it's, you know, fucking Banjo, whatever it is, that's going to appease way more people than a game that has no fucking uh, concepts behind it other than a, a cool name, I guess. And I don't mean, that may not even mean shit. Sounds like an Outcast album. 
Yeah, <laughs> it really does. So I, all right, all um, right. yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. it's just it's just so, hundred three thousand out there in in the wild. But I, yeah, it what really is. It's just him saying, "All right, all right," ever a while, and it's like some crazy <laughs> something crazy. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna say dead. I'm gonna say this game is that I think that and we're not gonna hear from him for a very long time, and then eventually Xbox will be like, "Actually, Everwild is canceled, but Banjo Kazooie, which I will hate, but it's way better than what Everwild will ever." Uh, B. Next game on the list. Uh, you've been, you've been game, negative, Nancy, all segment long. Just just a menace out here. You don't want nothing to I, I mean, look, Kill it. I mean, ever, ever wild. I mean, what, who wants that? Like, honestly, who, who is out there like, like I'm a super big fan of nothing? Like, <laughs> I mean, what we're we talking about. Uh, next game on the list is Abandoned, announced in 2021 by a very uh, reputable studio, studio that I trust with all my heart. Blue Box uh, Studios. Blue Box. No, status in development? I don't know. Nobody fucking knows. No updates. Marco, Abandoned. Dead or dead? <laughs> dead or alive? Here's the it? thing. For those of you who kind of forgot what Abandoned is, this was the game that people were wondering was like secretly a Hideo Kojima studio working on a new Silent Hill. So this studio was kind of intentionally creating a lot of like media and collateral that looked like Silent Hill. And yeah. uh, used a lot of the same style, fonts, and stuff like that. Um, even went as far as to kind of deck out their the character that they teased in this weird preview demo thing to look like uh, the character from Silent Hill. Um, so that was kind of their whole angle. And come to find out, it's this company is led by this really scam artisty kind of guy named Hassan Kazraman, right? Who is basically this Rainbow Six Siege addict who has been trying to scam his way into getting funding to make this game called Abandoned um, by kind of doing all those weird Silent Hill teases and by putting out this demo thing that he did, uh, which was supposed to have more content added in over time um, to basically win over everybody and, and couldn't and still hasn't put out anything other than a literal eight-second trailer of a foot walking on a wooden plank. So he's he's a Rainbow Six addict. He is literally is like there was oh. an expose about the about this guy, and apparently him and people that are in his uh, Discord channel for his his studio, they just play Rainbow Six Siege together all all day and all night. Oh, so then I get so it. He's, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so that is literally what this guy is doing. So he tried to kind of swindle, and he went as far as to make Blue Box Studios logo look like the PlayStation Studios logo. So it was full blown copy cat mode trying to look like this prestige studio that in actuality when you look at their portfolio they've almost never released a game um they always had unfinished projects so he's just he's just a scumbag and uh i'm i i'm happy to predict that abandoned will be abandoned and uh, as well it should be uh and hopefully it's a lesson to people that you you can't come in here and, and fuck around and just try to finesse your way into funding to make video games you actually have to have chops you have to actually be able to do more than buy assets from, um, you know, an Unreal store, which I think he got also got caught doing, like using like store bought assets too. Like he's just trash. So I'm I'm very happy not only that it's not a Kojima studio, but that uh, he's too busy with Rainbow Six to embarrass himself any further. And also, 
it's never been confirmed, but he also was saying that he was getting death threats. I think that was a total lie. And I never say that about people who get death threats. I think this guy is full of shit. I think he was trying to play the sympathy angle to get people to, you know, kind of, you know, root for him again. And it was all to me, a big smokescreen for uh, a big scam job. Yeah. A ba- yeah. Uh, abandoned is dead. But man, I, I get it. You're Rainbow Six. You, how, you can't uh, get man, that you done no if you're good. addicted to Rainbow Six. No, no, no. You probably got his friends list. I know you've been messing with him. No, that, 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 this was non-starter. And he was also like, some of the fonts almost kind of looked yeah. like Metal Gear Solid as well. There was well. one he image was of like to... a guy that has like an eye patch with white hair and it yeah. looked like Big Boss. And then, <sighs> and then he's like, uh, thank you to Hideo Kojima to com- for confirming that we are not in any way, uh, shape or yeah. form, atta- affiliated. It's like, what do you mean? You you did everything in your power to to, to do. And that, the expose you know? like revealed that that was their intention actually from the start. Absolutely to create that Come confusion. On, yeah, trash, yeah. trash, the, complete trash, and it. it it kind of still shines, and I don't mean to make this a bash a bashing session for Sony, but it kind of shows like. Do they have any kind of filter? Because they, 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 this was on their blog post, on the official PlayStation blog post when this game was announced. I guess if you pay them enough money, they'll, they'll put anything out there, but uh, it's terrible. Abandoned is, is dead, never was alive to begin with, so mm. it, it, it doesn't even matter. Next game on our list, a game near and dear to my heart, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, announced all the way back in 2019. Status, it is in development. New dev team has taken over project. Um, it, I think that the, the rumor is just called the Chinese room that their work is the dev team working on this. Uh, and, uh, they're supposed to have a big blowout in September about what this game is going to do. Uh, but just to, for some context real quick, they already did, uh, the pre-orders. They've uh, reimbursed people with their pre-orders and stuff. Not so that's not great. Marco, what do you think from what you know about Vampire the Masquerade Bloodline 2? Is it dead or is it alive? Well, it's interesting because um, the first game is actually a game that's eluded me. I've never played it before. It's one of my biggest gaps, I think, uh, in my gaming history. And I hope one day I, I, I get around to it at some point because I've heard so many great things about it. And it sounds they, they've not made it easy to ex- ac- yeah. uh, as console gamers. They haven't really made it easy to access. Uh, yeah. access so yeah, it's 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 you know I don't know if I'll ever get around to it, but ideally I would. But that being said, um, I think this is actually going to be dead. Um, I think this is a wrap on really the whole IP. And I think that uh, it's not even this project that makes me feel that way. It's how they've used the license in other ways too, with those narrative-driven point-and-clicky kind of things they were doing. What, Swan Song, I think it was called, or something like that. Swan Song. Then they did the Royale game. It's just like they were at one point trying to like whore this license out like it's Vampire the Masquerade, everybody, and everybody's like, who? You know, because no one, I mean, it's it's a cult classic game. So it's like you don't have that cachet with people to like do a spinoff. We like, where is the like, if you cared that much about Vampire the Masquerade, give us the first game uh, or something like that. Um, you know, like a little remaster project to go right. on the what console. The that? That's how you get people to care about this IP. You don't just put out these weird spinoffs of an IP that most people don't know about. So Great. I think, Great fucking point, I think, yeah. I think Bloodlines 2 is probably dead in the water. Um, and it, I wish it wasn't because the the whole idea behind the premise of this series is really cool to me, but I just don't, at this point, I yeah. think it's too much of a mess. It, it, I wish it was dead 
for that for those reasons, Marco. But uh, unfortunately, I think that Bloodline, the Masquerade, uh, sorry, uh, Ma- Vampire the Masquerade Bloodline Sue is alive. I just don't think it's going to be good. Uh, they they've already announced that it is going to be a launch a release date will be announced in September with the dev teams and the people representing the Paradox Interactive saying that it is absolutely not impossible for the game to come out in 2023. I think this is one of those like cut your losses type of thing where the game release is going to be probably god awful. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I kind of wish it was that. I, I think that there's a, a redemption arc to this. I think that eventually, if Bloodline 2 is terrible, I think that they'll, they will either remake or remaster the first Bloodlines game. And I think that's the best case scenario that we can get something out of this. But I do think that Vampire the, the Masquerade Bloodline 2 is alive. It's just not going to be very good. I have no confidence at all. Mm. At all. And this is from a, a huge fan of the series. Just no confidence this game is going to do anything. And by the way, I played those games. I I, I played those mm. spinoffs. The 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 visual novel I the that Royale. came out on Switch. Yeah. The, the the yeah the Royale and also the most recent one that came out that was a conversational point and click game. Terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, but man, so sad because I love that that initial game so good. Um, next game on the list is uh, Pragmata. Pragmata <laughs> announced in twenty twenty. Sorry, I had to say Mata, like a like a. Like we know what you were doing. We know what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, announced in 2020, the status is apparently still in development. However, it has been indefinitely delayed beyond 2023. Encouraging words. Pragmata, the 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 Hideo Kojima wannabe type looking game. Marco, is this game dead or alive? I would have said dead if it was anybody else but Capcom. But since it's yeah. Capcom, I'm still going to give this game a shot. And I'm going to say it's alive, but it is being completely rethought from the ground up. That's right. Um, I think that their biggest mistake was that they, like you said, they tried to make this a like almost like a weird Death Stranding kind of game, almost yeah. what it looked like, with a character that looked like the, the that astronaut from the Kojima Productions logo. Like it was just totally dick riding Hideo Kojima. Um, uh, so it it that was probably the biggest mistake. Um, so I, I I think that they probably went back to the drawing board, and I think that this game, when we finally see it re revealed in a few years, it will be completely unrecognizable from what we've seen up until this point with the tr- the few trailers yeah. that we have seen. Uh, but I, I because it's Capcom, I'm just I I have not seen them stumble far or hard enough to say oh. This is irreparable for them. I think that this has still got a, a, a faint shot, but it's got a shot. Look, I mean, Pragmata, I don't even think there was a real game. I think that Pragmata is alive in that they're going to use that name for their for, for a game. And I think that we'll see it in a couple of years. And I think it'll be, and I, probably it'll be good. Capcom has been has been batting a thousand. Um, uh, so I won't doubt them. But yeah, man, I agree, man. This, this was just a total of the moment game, trying to kind of capitalize on, on all that shit uh, going on with Kojima and just kind of get those vibes going. Um, but I think it is alive. I think uh, I think it's a game that we're going to see in a couple of years and it's going to be completely different from what we what we've seen everything that marco said i echo that to the fullest for sure um next game on our list is a game called black myth wokon announced back in 2020 it is still in development it has been however delayed back to 2024 i mean back to 2024 what do you what do we think marco is this game dead or alive 
Uh, Black Myth Wukong. Holy shit. When this was first shown, it was like, oh my god, this is what graphics can be. Uh, and I think that that novelty is already kind of gone because we've seen some really gorgeous games since then. And I don't really know what's yeah. left over, honestly, about what makes this game so unique compared to things like we've seen already, especially with Souls-like games, you know? Um, games like, you know, Whoa! Fallen <laughs> Dynasty. Um... I'm going to say it'll, they'll eke this one out. It'll get done. Um, I think I, if I'm going to go full-blown predictions, I think this will end up either as a PS Plus day one or a Game Pass day one. Because I just yeah. think that enough, too much momentum has been lost since the initial buzz of this game for it to just come out full price and go, yeah, you remember us, right? Black Myth Wukong. <laughs> no, I yeah. kind of forgot about you. So I think that's probably what I would predict is going to happen. Um, and I think it's just going to be a mediocre game uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. A pretty looking mediocre game. But I think they'll they'll eke it out. Look, there, there, there's, been, there's been this weird pattern of Chinese developed games that have this incredible showing, right? Uh, uh, Bright Memory Infinite comes to mind. This amazing... Uh, graphics and gameplay looks nuts and then you find out oh uh, two people are making this game <laughs> then yeah. phantom blade zero just gets announced recently two people three people making that game and it's like how much of this is real and then black myth wukong i i have not confirmed whether or not how many people are making this game but it kind of gives you those same vibes an amazing vertical slice this game it looks incredible holy shit is blowing my mind how real is this you know, and I think that Black Myth Wukong is definitely within those games. I think you're right. I think it will come out. I, so I'm, I'm saying it is alive. I don't think it'll be near the the the, the game that we thought it was going to be. I think it's going to be a bright memory infinite mm. thing where this game comes out and you're like, oh, this is actually really not good. It's it plays terrible. It feels terrible. It also looks kind of shitty, even though we thought it might not look. You see, you're predicting uh, a little downgrade, huh? Yeah, I, I'm predicting really Bright Memory Infinite to the T. Where Bright Memory Infinite, that that when you play that level in that game, it looks really dope. But in actuality, playing it, it's like it doesn't feel great. It doesn't really feel like it's really that interactive with any of the environments. It's a little stiff, a little stale. I think that's what Black Myth Wukong is going to be. I think, you know, a game is not on the list, but I already mentioned Phantom Blade Zero. I think that's in the same boat. I just, I just, it just it seems so weird to me. This, these games get announced by these Chinese devs, and it's like two people working on this game. Game? Are you fucking kidding me? I, I there has to be something with like um with I don't know with the way that they're making games. What's what's going on, Marco? <laughs> I was wondering if, if you'd be mad at me if I started calling this game Black Myth. Who come? <laughs> Can I do that? Yes, I would be very mad. Oh, that. Very man. bad, actually. I it just, it, it, regardless, I just see these are very weird. Uh, it, almost like begging for uh some money you know to give him some kind of funding so we'll see what blacksmith turns out but i'm gonna say it live which is the caveat that it's just not gonna be very good and when it comes out Next they're gonna game, be like we did it Woo, child we finally did it uh <laughs> yes, the, the that's next what the game. chinese studio is gonna say yeah woo child that's exactly what they're gonna say word for word yeah yeah woo child is a kid born in wuhan anyway oh. uh 
the last game on the list is probably the quintessential game that was announced and disappeared. Uh, it used to be Dead Island 2, but that game actually came out. Now this is taking over now as In the Valley of the Gods announced back in 2017. Status indefinitely on hold. Release a year updated to 2029. Campo Santos, the people who made Firewatch, were making this game. They got purchased by Valve and they've been working on other stuff, including uh, Half-Life Alex. And so Valve has said that this game is coming out in 2029. A most fucking ridiculous uh uh uh, you know like paths to release whenever they work on it marco do you think uh that we're ever going to see this game is in the valley of the gods dead or alive yeah i think it's interesting because i think in the valley of the gods uh walked through the valley of the shadow of death I look. I take a look at my life, and I realize there's <laughs> yeah, nothing that's, left. That's uh, how I feel about my, my life in, per, you know, in real life. Yep. Uh, no, I think I think this is actually dead. Uh, to be honest with you, yeah. the, the the purchase from Valve I think says it all, and the release here updated to 2029. That's insane. So I yeah, I think this game is done. I think that Valve is going to repurpose this studio for something that is not going to include this game whatsoever. If anything, I could see them pivoting to, um, you know, a, a, a more recognizable IP. Uh, then that's life. Who knows? I mean, hey, I, at this point, I'll take it. I think it's a really talented studio. I loved Firewatch. I thought Firewatch was excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great storyteller. So they do fit in uh, in a weird way with the uh, you know the Valve storytelling um, you know the chops that they've they've been known for historically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever they decide to make a damn game, um, but Jeez. that's kind of the thing. So it's like it 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 sucks more. I care less about the game being canceled and I care more about the studio being bought and there's just not seeing the fruits of their labor for a long time. That's what really stings yeah. for me. But I think the game is dead. I do think it's dead. Yeah. I'm actually a little disappointed that the game is, and I agree it's dead uh, because it was supposed to be kind of like a, you're exploring these ancient valleys in the Egyptian desert and you're like a documentary team. So it, it had really some really cool concepts. And then obviously with the storytelling of firewatch, um, you know, I would have loved to see more uh, in that vein, but unfortunately, that's not in the cards here. And yeah, this game is dead, 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 dead. Uh, it's just 2020. That's ridiculous. Come on, Valve. That just doesn't make no sense. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's dead. And if that's the case, maybe something will come of it, like Half Life or mm-hmm. something. They did work on Half Life, Alex. I hope that if Half Life is to continue, which was teased at the end of Alex, and, and they're working on it, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that trade off. I just hope that that's the case. Yeah, well, that is going to round out our list. But Pablo, before we go, I actually have a, an on the fly question for you. So, out of all sure. all the games we talked about in this segment, which game are you most excited for? Oh, man, that's a good question because I want to... Let's say best I've case scenario. S- These all yeah. best case scenario outcomes. What would be the game you're most oh. excited for? Uh, it's a tie between Dragon Age, Dreadfall... Nah, you got um, no ties. Uh, Dreadwolf. No ties. Okay, I, Vampire of the Masquerade, Bloodlines ah. 2. If, if, if we go like... If we go everything works according to plan and everything is perfect, uh, Vampire of the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2. Uh, but... Dragon Age Dreadwolf, I think, has the best chance to, out of all these games mm. to, to, I think, be the best of them. Uh, but yeah, for me, personally, if it was a game that I feel like, okay, all in a perfect world, yeah, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 for me. How about you? I would go KOTOR. 
uh, as my pick. Okay. Uh, if that yeah, if yeah. that if that goes the way it would need to go to be a really good game, and I honestly wouldn't need it to be like a you know top to bottom overhaul kind of a remake. It could be more okay. of like a half step and and just look really nice and keep everything else the same, and I'd be over the moon. All right, how about this? If you had your choice, a one for one remake or a Final Fantasy VII remake type of remix for for Kotor. One for one, baby. I want one for one. That yeah, story. Yeah, that story is great. Don't touch it. I agree, but it's just I feel like the the crux of that game was a subversion of expectations and that ending. It would be super dope if they doubled on that and had you expecting something and then they do something completely different uh i guess final fantasy 7 remake has really fucked me up on what remakes can be and what the meaning of a remake is. yeah well remake um, well, that, that remake is is it's going in like multiple timeline directions now and that's yeah, the reimagining it's not really it, reimagining yeah. at all it's a it's a con- it's actually a continuation of the the base game uh which is why it's so wacky it's like no, the first game actually happened, and this is a sequel to that, uh, which is, if you yeah, ever yeah, watched yeah. the timeline video of, of the Final Fantasy VII Remake, check it out. It is it is mind-blowing what they're trying to do. I don't know how they're going to pull it off. I just don't think I that... I think they will. That can't, I don't want that to become my expectation for every remake now. Like, do it, but do it yeah. different. Like, I just, some, I think one-for-one no. one remakes are perfectly fine, and that's what I want from KOTOR. That's true, but it's just like a game that, that hinges so much on that twist that I feel like it would kind of be out of all the remakes being made that the one that would probably benefit the most from maybe another twist mm. to the twist. But yeah, but th- th- that's a good pick. Okay. All right. Well, that is going to do it for the checkpoint chat. And that is going to wrap up this week's show. So until next time, please, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not subscribed to our show already, we would really love it if you do so to show us some support. Uh, and also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, slash X, and threads if you still care about that app at its cooldown time uh, to keep us in your FOV in between episodes. But until next week, thank you for listening. Happy gaming, and we'll see you next time around. Peace out. Mama! <laughs> Leave Mama out of this.